right, we're live all over the internet. It's great to see everybody here. We've got a quick 15 minute webinar coming with you. I'm here with my good friend, Trisha Friedman. Trisha, how are you today? I'm doing well. It's always a pleasure to be chatting with you, Jeff. And I'm looking forward to this new format that we have, just flash webinars, 15 minutes, looking to give folks some resources that they can use that are ready to roll out, that are also potentially templates for you to customize. We do want to remind you that with ShiftingSchools.com, we have a new podcast episode out every single Monday morning. Uh, and our Shifting Schools free resource library now has over 60 free guides. And those guides have been created based on requests that we get um, from our generous audience members like you. So if you check out that library and there's something that you are looking for uh, that you'd like us to get started on, please do reach out. That's info at shiftingschools.com. In the bottom part of this slide, you'll see the URL where you can get access to our slides. I think you'll want access to them because we do have a few linkables for you. So that's bit.ly forward slash S-S-M-E-T-A web. We'll give you a few different other ways to, um, to get access to these slides throughout the 15 minutes that we're hanging out together. Uh, Jeff, anything you want to mention about the podcast or about the free resource library before we dig into today's topic? Yeah, we've been putting a lot of energy and time into the podcast. Uh, we've got a great episode that launched this week about a film festival at a elementary school that you're going to just like, what a great way to start August as we start thinking about getting back to school. So you're going to want to head over there. Uh, you can find Shifting shifting Schools or Shifting Our Schools anywhere that podcast can be found. Uh, so please join us over there and become part of that as well. And we'll make sure that that bit.ly link, the short link to the presentation that we're going to do today is in all of the descriptions everywhere on the internet that we can make it available to you. Uh, as you know, at Shifting Schools, we're really big about giving back to the educational community and we try to give away as much free stuff as possible. Patricia, I'm excited for today as we talk about metacognition and the new free resources that we have built over at Shifting Schools. So let's get started. So yeah, today we're talking about metacognition. This is for anyone who is having mentoring conversations, coaching conversations, and I would say that's sort of all of us in the world of education. Metacognition is a tool that we need to continually work on. Um, I say this for myself as an adult learner, and I say this for the young folks that I get to work with. One of my all-time favorite quotes about what metacognition is comes from Celeste Headley. Folks might know her from her TED Talk about having hard conversations that's gone super-duper viral, millions of views. What Celeste Headley has to say about metacognition is this. It's our ability to evaluate whether or not you're wrong. And that ability, uh, Celeste says from lots of research that she's done, is incredibly rare. But the good news is she tells us it is something that we can develop. It's something that we can get better at. And again, if you're curious to know more about Celeste Headley's thoughts on metacognition, take the link to these slides and you can listen to her discuss it in that podcast episode. I also wanted to think about metacognition by this definition by Yuki Tarada, who says, metacognition helps students recognize the gap between being familiar with a topic and understanding it 
deeply. So, um, you know, I see this all the time, really just in the casual conversations I have where maybe I have heard about a topic or a resource. Um, and, you know, I can make that mistake of thinking I know much more about it than I do. And Yuki Tirada says, essentially, if we can help students close that gap, there's a lot of research that shows metacognition does lead to better academic success. So we're going to test this out. And folks, um, you can scan that QR code to get access to these slides. So we're going to test this out. Jeff, I'm putting you on the spot. I know that you're a big Seattle uh -oh. Mariners fan. I know that you're a lifelong baseball fan. So Jeff, I'll give you a moment to think this over. And uh, folks who are watching along, if you want to put your answer in the chat, we'd love that. Of all the different positions on the baseball field, what is the position that you think is the most complicated to play? So I'll give you like, you know, 10 seconds. We'll be kind to you, Jeff. Let you think that over and um, tell us what your, what your answer is. The most complicated position to play out there on the baseball field. And again, viewers, if you are also a baseball fan, please feel free to, uh, to in the chat, let us know what your answer to that question might be. Jeff, I think that was about 10 seconds. What do you <laughs> okay, I can try and answer this. Um, so I, I, I can't I can't believe I can I can only pick one position because uh, I would have to say there's um, it's like everything up the middle. But I would say, you know, I was a pitcher in college and then I, I was shortstop in high school. But I think one of the one of the toughest positions, most complicated positions to pay is actually catcher and the catcher, because you have to be thinking about, uh, the pitcher and how the pitcher is doing. You're thinking about the batter. What sequence of pitches did we, did we pitch to this batter last time? What, what sequence of pitches are we going to, uh, throw this time? Uh, you are also in charge of looking at where everybody's positioned on the field because you know, it's going to be a curveball or a fastball and how that hitter, there's so much homework that goes into that. Um, and then on top of that, you're getting beat up all the time, catching these, you know, hundred mile an hour fastballs or fastballs in the dirt and taking them off your chest protector. Um, so I think I have to go with, I think, I think catcher is maybe the most complicated position in baseball, probably why certainly. I wasn't a catcher. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, you know, also certainly the position that's hardest on the knees and yeah. I, and the body. You know, yeah, that's right. In middle age, I think about that, about the joint pain. <laughs> so, you know, again, the point wasn't that there is a right answer to this question, but we wanted to take this question and then model how we might just lean into curiosity. Whenever I am mentoring, whenever I am coaching, I want to meet my thought partner with curiosity. I think one, that's about respect, right? If I am interested in the way that Jeff has thought through that question, I'm interested in him. So it also, it gives me the opportunity to be building that relationship. And it's also about me helping Jeff get more curious about his own thinking. So this might look like, and we'll model it right now, me asking Jeff, you know, you only had like 10 seconds, buddy, to think about that. So here is one of our micro menus. And again, folks, the link to this slide means you can click on that and you can grab this resource. But what this is, is really like a micro menu. Because the other thing with me trying to mentor and respect my thought partner is I want to give them as much agency as possible. So I've got just three questions. And instead of me dictating, Jeff, I want you to tell me, 
I'm going to ask him, can you just pick out one of these three questions and then talk to us a little bit more about, you know, you being curious about where that we really asked you just to sort of make a gut call. We didn't give you a lot of time. So let's dig in, be curious about your response to that question. And again, I'm not going to say which of the three questions I'm going to say, Jeff, totally your choice off of the menu. Which one would you like to chat about? Yeah. So for me, uh, I would like, I like the one that comes to my mind and, and I find this what happens with students. You give students choice like this, right? And choices, ownership, we're constantly talking about giving kids ownership and you give ownership through choice. And every time I do one of these, I find that there's at least one of the questions that I'm like, Oh, that's the question. And so for me on this one, it's the question in the middle, right? Which experiences do you recall while exploring your initial opinion? And I recall being a pitcher and having conversations with the catcher on the mound and just thinking through everything that I just talked about that the catcher is thinking through. Like, well, last time we threw them a fastball, curveball, fastball. So this time we're going to go with a slider, curveball, fastball, you know, and just trying to having uh, to have like putting myself back in that moment and thinking about like, man, these catchers deal with so much information coming at them. Uh, I can't even imagine being a professional catcher today and how much data and information they have coming at them uh, to be able to, you know, uh, just help and support different pitchers as different pitchers come on the mound. And so that to me, that, that was the question, like it initially, my experience, I went right back to being on the mound and having those conversations with, um, with a catcher. And that, that was my, that's where I got my initial uh, opinion from. And what's interesting in what Jeff has just shared is two things for me. Thing number one, I immediately have another entry point to ask Jeff some other follow-up questions, right? I could ask him to tell me a little bit more about just one of the conversation that he remembers. We can do a little bit more relationship building. But Jeff also pointed out from the menu, he also finds one that he's really interested in. So I could also ask him as a follow-up, which of the three questions felt the least useful for you? I'm going to learn more. Jeff's going to learn more about his thinking processes, which I think are really helpful and also sort of the, the underlying message that he and I are both taking away is, wow, experiences do shape the way that we think and that we feel. That's super duper important. So we're going to take you through a few other micro menus that you could use as a coach or a mentor and highlight why we find them valuable. The next one is really a call to action for curiosity and how being curious it leverages that agency. So just like we modeled in giving the choice, again, all three of our prompts are re really looking at when we're working together, how can we get curious about the, one, the way that one another thinks? We do want to be more aware and we want our students to be more aware of how experience and identity can influence thinking. We talk all the time in education about being more aware of our biases. So here's sort of a practical way to do just that. This is a micro menu where, again, I'd ask my thought partner, choose just one of these prompts. You've arrived at an idea. Let's explore that. Let's be curious about how you came to that idea. So the three sentence starters here look at how we are all anchored in our understanding of how experience, again, influences the ways in which we think about different things. And then it also asks us to realize there's always more to learn, right? If you had more time, what else would you be thinking about? Um, and I think that's a really important prompt because, you know, even for myself, sometimes, yeah, I, you know, I need that that nudge to, okay, what's 
what's maybe beyond my initial block of an answer, right? Where could I be getting even more curious? Metacognition also lets us elevate and rehearse emotional literacy. The ways in which we learn are, of course, influenced by our emotional state. And I think that's important. Um, you know, sometimes I've heard people say things like, oh, you know, at school, I felt like I, I couldn't, I couldn't cry. I couldn't be emotional. And I think, you know, that we talk about psychological safety, that is a part of it, right? Of course, we're emotional beings. We're human beings. Uh, and understanding our own emotions is really key. Uh, and I, I do think, again, we have to realize, of course, our learners are coming in with a range of emotions every single day. So this micro menu would invite my thought partner, choose one of these prompts. One, you know, this, this first sentence starter here, I think addresses or hopes to address the reality that sometimes learning about new topics can be a little bit stressful, right? Help learners self-advocate. If they are stressed or worried or feeling anxious about something in the process, I find it's really useful for my learners or my thought partner to know I want to talk about that. I don't want you to feel like you have to hide that. The second prompt here is all about really thinking about how different emotions motivate the work that we do. And then lastly, it might mean, okay, which emotion do I want to be able to tap into more? Do I want to experience more joy when I'm doing math, right? Um, so again, each of these three, it's not that I would ask my thought partner, go through all of them. I want to respect their agency and say, can you pick one of these? It's about giving them an entry point. It's about giving them a stepping stone. The last one, exploring how our inner monologue affects the way that we're learning and consider ways that we might be able to shift that inner monologue, the ways in which that we talk to ourselves. So this is called mapping our mindsets. Once again, I'd ask my thought partner, can you choose one of these prompts? What's influencing your mindset? What are some of the patterns that you're noticing about your mindset? When do you actually feel really empowered to get into that zone, to get into that mindset, to do the work that we're doing? So again, micro menus, just pick one. Um, and, and these are, I think, not just about exploring metacognition, but about building relationships, building psychological safety and more. So again, we've left you with some of these resources. You have all of the menus. For me, the power is when I let my thought partner know, hey, you know what? This is something I'm going to be working on. Or I let the parents and caretakers know, these are some of the menus that I'm using with students. Those menus can be used at home for different conversations too. So on that last slide, when you tap there, you'll have um, ready to roll email template to either let a teaching partner or a coach who you're working with or a school leader that you're working with know, here's some of the prompts I'm working on. Can you consider these? Can we try these out? And there's an email template for you to just copy paste to send to parents, caretakers, so that they can also be practicing that with, um, with the child in the home. Because I find the more we're practicing some of those, those frameworks in home and at school, uh, that's where we're really leveraging, I think, the power of metacognition. So Jeff, that was our first of three 15-minute flash webinars. Uh, I always want to give the final word to you because I know you always have kind of a final like aha moment of insight to share with us. So uh, no pressure though. 
Uh, but but what, are you, what are you thinking as we close off? This you you first like three? you like putting me on the spot, don't Sorry you? Sorry there. I yeah. think I, the thing I, the thing I I keep coming back to is what a great time of the year for us to be doing these free webinars. You know, we're getting ready to get back into the school year. Our mindsets are starting to get back into our classrooms. And what if we start introducing these micro menus right away, getting kids thinking about how I think, the metacognition of thinking, get into these routines early in the year, use our micro menus. There's a lot more over at shiftingschools.com in our free resource library and start building that capacity that you can then lean on all year as an educator. We know the start of the school year is so critical to building those routines and get those routine started with some great metacognition micro menus. Trisha, thank you so much for making these resources for us. And we'll see you next Wednesday uh, at 9 a.m. Pacific time. That's 12 o'clock Eastern with the next of our three sessions. Until next time, we'll see you on the network. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for being a part of the hashtag shifting schools community. We love when listeners like you weigh in. So head over to our show notes to find ways to share your thoughts. Have a request for a future episode? Jeff and his team love supporting you with the content you need. Shifting Our Schools podcast is a proud production of the Shifting Schools team. Looking for a longer interactive conversation about the ideas shared in this session? Contact us at info at shiftingschools.com to find out about our workshops.